Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Join us now is Kevin Bohannon, our baseball guru and uh, insider, fresh off of a trip down to Atlanta, Georgia. Good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we today? Do you feel like a road warrior? Hey, yeah, and uh, we're going up to Fayetteville this weekend, and the great thing about it is the University of Arkansas baseball team will not be there. I won't get to see Coach Nate Thompson, Matt Hobbs, or Coach Van Horn. They're going to be a little north this weekend in the Emerald City. I know you'll hate that, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad they're going to be in uh, in Omaha, mm-hmm. Nebraska. Um, Kevin has this College World Series as we get down now to the final eight. Is it kind of how you thought in your mind? I know, okay, if you say yes, you expected Tennessee to lose. I won't believe you, but uh, (laughs) it is not unheard of. We know that. The number one seed has not had a whole lot of luck over the last 20 years. Uh, Some have advanced the number one seed at least to the College World Series, but a number one seed has not won since 1999. That's right. The Miami Hurricanes were the last team in 1999 to pull off the feet of being number one and going all the way. And I did have Tennessee going. Uh, if you look back at D1Baseball.com's preseason poll, everything played out like they thought it would. <laughs> you know, Texas was number one. Arkansas was number two. You had Ole Miss number five. Stanford number six. You had uh, another team down. Notre Dame was number 13. So you had five in the top 13 right there. And then if you look further on down the list, uh, you, you don't have Oklahoma, Auburn, and let's see. Texas A&M. Those are the three that were not ranked. So I figured Texas A&M would make it. Stanford was a given, even though I went on a rant that Auburn didn't deserve to host. After they went through their regional and had not a problem one, I figured they would get there. So, uh, yeah, I think I got five out of the eight right. And I'll bet you didn't the, pick Ole Miss, and I'll bet you didn't pick you know Oklahoma to beat Virginia Tech. Look, Randy. Kev, put, let's take Kevin off the spot. Nobody in their right mind would have picked those eight teams to be at Omaha. No, no. And, and that was. And here's another thing that Kevin has just proven that Randy and I have debated through the years. Our preseason rankings saying where a team should be right now or at the end of the year. Preseason rankings say this is where we think they'll finish. And to exactly. Kevin's point, Ole Miss, after about the first six weeks of the season. Nobody would have picked them to go to Omaha, so their preseason prediction was accurate, wasn't it? And That's really, exactly, yeah. a month ago, nobody would have picked Arkansas to go to Omaha. Nobody would have picked Oklahoma to go to Omaha. So, uh, But they did in the preseason. They picked those teams, so that just shows you, Randy. So when you look at the preseason football magazines, like I'm looking at Lindy's, and it says <laughs> Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, real surprises, Clemson 4, you know, it's the same bunch every year. Uh, that's what they think they'll be at the end of the year, not if they lose a September game. And you look at Arkansas, we, we had high expectations for them in the media. We pumped them up. We, we saw where there could be some downfalls, losing Peyton Paulette early and having to rely on a freshman and then Jackson Wiggins as the third starter, which was really up in the air. You had some guys really step it up late, like Will McIntyre, Zach Morris, the talk all year was the offense was going to be great. 
they showed up in the super regional or in the regional like they were supposed to. And then Connor Nolan found his form from uh, earlier in the year, the first half of the SEC slate. Uh, you can't ask for two better outings than what he had against Grand Canyon and then against North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina, very good offensive team. Matt Corbath went down before game two, their third baseman with a ruptured appendix. That's 18 home runs out of the lineup, guys, and that's tough to replace. I knew North Carolina was in trouble. I think they went to the bench too early just based on matchups. They put two guys in, and one of them got the game-winning or the game-tying hit to go or to go ahead with a 121 batting average that hadn't had a hit or an RBI <laughs> no. since February. No. And I'm on the way back from Atlanta, and I said, guys, this is how it's going to be written. A guy that hasn't had a hit in four months, you know, drives in the winning run or whatever. Arkansas said, no, thank you. We're not going to have any of that. And they were going to ride or die with, with their ace uh, coming out of the bullpen, Palermo, and they, he, they, they rode him all the way and just didn't have it there at the end. you got to give Arkansas credit. They scored runs without having to hit the home run, and that's how you get to Omaha, and that's how you win in Omaha because guess what? That's an elephant graveyard out there, folks. You're not going to be hitting many home runs out there. you got to hit doubles. Texas leads the nation in doubles right now in ERA. you got to think they're the favorite coming in, but you know Oklahoma played really hot. They won the Big 12 title. Notre Dame showed that they could hang with the nation's best. Arkansas is playing well. It's all about matchups right now. We know once you get to Omaha, anything can happen. All right, Kevin, you kind of touched on it a second ago. <clears throat> Pardon me. In your synopsis, and that is the play, the pitching of Connor Nolan and Will McIntyre. I don't think there was an MVP of the Super Regionals that was named. I'm going co-MVP. I was tempted to go with just Will McIntyre. Uh, as the MVP for Arkansas uh, in that Super Regional against North Carolina. But it is very difficult to overlook what Connor did in that opening game of the Super Regional. So I'm, I'm going a co-MVP uh, of the Super Regionals in Connor Nolan and Will McIntyre. And we talked about this maybe yesterday, I'm not sure. But I'm not sure Will McIntyre's name didn't even we didn't even utter his name until maybe mid-march uh no i'm sorry mid-april at the earliest i don't think it went into may i think by that time he'd already pitched some in non-conference play right but even still then there wasn't a lot of will mcintyre talk but for what he did as he stepped forward and he's i think he pitched pretty well if i remember correctly did he not um in the sec tournament and then turned around and did well in the regionals and then in big-time fashion against North Carolina in the Super Regionals. So I'm going to co-MVP of Connor Nolan and Will McIntyre uh, for the Arkansas Razorbacks in that Super Regional win over North Carolina. And the crazy thing is Texas and East Carolina were the first game to be played on Friday morning last week. And it, the final score ended up being 13 to seven. And everybody was thinking, I know a lot of the guys that I, were with, I was with, here we go again. It's, you're gonna have to score 10 runs to win a game. So when Connor Nolan came out and settled everybody down, it was, it, it's funny how the baseball gods come back and, and treat you to a win after 
the first inning that Connor Nolan had because if you remember, bases were loaded. They were threatening, and he oh, had yeah. three hard-hit balls that inning. So for him to overcome that, come back and, and throw up uh, zeros through six innings, that was huge. And then Will McIntyre is a young man that came out of Bryant, and his fastball would not even be graded by perfect game right now. And that, that's what the greatest story is about Will McIntyre because so many measurables are put out there, and Velo gets coaches' attention, but uh, th then if you learn how to pitch, you, you might get a spot on the weekend rotation or get some innings. But this young man came out of Bryant, very well put together. He's he's a big guy. You look at him, 6'4", 215, 84-86, maybe throw 87. Uh, really learned how to pitch at Bryant, of course, under Travis Quick, uh, Kirk Bach. Those guys, they, they teach baseball the right way. He didn't do a whole lot last year. He got to go into summer ball and really hone his craft and work on a few things. And he come back, and all of a sudden he's 87 to 90, up to 91. He says, hey, Coach Hobbs, I need a chance. I want to show you what I can do. Gets a start against UCA, does really well. Gets some SEC action, goes in, uh, comes in on the back end against Auburn, shuts them down after Jackson Wiggins had a really good performance. Then he goes in the SEC well, after Alabama, faces them twice. And then he's relied upon in Oklahoma State. Now they're now they've got a fourth guy. That's the one they were looking for. They've got a fourth guy that they can rely on to throw in there as a starter. Look at Zach Morris as well. Zach Morris came out of Cabot, really highly ranked, highly rated. Thought he could do some really big things. Came in throwing 94, 95 his first year in twenty in twenty twenty. Of course, COVID got that last year. Really didn't see much. And then he's just become uh, another left-handed weapon out of the bullpen. So you've got your core guys, but you've had some guys step up to really bolster the staff. And a lot of people don't look at this, but Arkansas comes in. They're, they're top 25 in terms of uh, ERA. They're number 17 overall. They're number 16 in strikeouts per nine innings at 10.4. And then, of course, the fielding percentage is eighth overall in the nation. So you got to play defense. you, you got to do some big things in Omaha. you got to make the special plays to be there at the end. But pitching and defense is what's won them these last three ballgames. Kevin, you may or may not can answer this question from Kyle from our Asher Record Service company, Life In Feedback. He wants to know, why is it so difficult to hit home runs at Omaha? And then he said, is it legal for a base runner on third to steal second base? <laughs> no, no, it's not. You can't. That you cannot done. run the bases in re in reverse. Back in the 1900s, there were a couple guys that did that, but you can't do it. They they outlawed yeah. it way long time ago. So the the thing with uh, Charles Schwabfield, I get in trouble because I've been calling it TD Ameritrade, but it is Charles Schwabfield oh, now. Oh, me too. Yeah. I missed that one. Sorry. Yeah. So it. Uh, well, I said it's elephant graveyard. The wind seems to always be blowing in. And the park dimensions are set up like a major league ball field, a ballpark. You got 330 down the lines, you, you know, 405, 410 center field. It's a shot. So uh, a lot of people said that O'Brake Stadium in, in North Carolina was really set up like that. No, they weren't. North Carolina was 355 in the power alleys. That was, you know, that, that's a short porch for a power alley. So that's the reason home runs aren't uh, plentiful in Omaha. All right, Kevin, hang on. We've got more with our baseball guru, insider, Kevin Bohannon. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports. Well, let's go with Rick Schaefer, too. Drive Time Sports and Rick Schaefer, along with Kevin Bohannon.
I'm Randy Rainwater. Let's check in with Woo Pig. Woo Pig, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Well, I'll tell you, it's a great time to be talking to you and Kevin and, of course, Mr. Rick. I, I love Mr. Rick. But uh, it's a hotter than heck up here in Chicago, and it's time for me to leave. It's hot here, too. I've been here. It's hot here, I've too. Been here, I've been here 21 days, and I wore out my pass. Wow, 21 days. That's a while. How, how much longer are you going to be up there? Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm getting kicked out. Oh, okay. Well, did you see any baseball games while you were there? Well, I didn't go to any, but I watched the Cubs on Marquee Network, and I guess to watch, of course, the uh, minor league teams a little bit. And the Cubs are perfect. 7-0 and in the last seven games they've lost. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's usually referred to as 0-7, not 7-0. Well, that's perfect. I mean, for the Cubs, that's perfect. And they're still throwing the stands up and selling Souvenir stuff and beers, so mm-hmm. hey, and gas is getting like six bucks up here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> now Randy tells me that the mortgage rates are going to go up. Yeah, there's something are. wrong with America because we're jumping up way faster than six percent or less uh, uh, inflation. But I'll leave that one alone. But yeah, they, it's, it's going to be great to get back there and uh, be on the radio with you guys because I really miss it. Well, we'll be happy to have you back. Well, I want to tell you, it's going to be good to be back. I get my own bed, get my air conditioner working. It'll be fine. How hot's it in Arkansas? Uh, oh, just 106 with the heat index. Yeah, it's a little yeah, it's warm a, out there. It's in the nineties. <laughs> it's definitely in the nineties. Yeah. Well, we're, yeah, we're we're mid nineties and we're looking at eighty percent humidity. Yeah, well, you're you're going to come home to about the same. That's right. <laughs> well, at least it's not worse. I can no. handle this right here. Yeah, it's ninety. Yeah, I'm looking today. forward to coming back. And when do the Razorbacks play next? Saturday at one o'clock. That's, That's right. correct. You got it. On ESPN. That's correct. Yep. You're hot. I am so lucky. How, how many games do we got to win on this best of eight? Uh, you know, you had eight teams. How many games? Is it a one and a one? If Min- you lose two, you're out? Five total. Minimum we'll would get- be five. That's the yeah. minimum five. If you, if you lose anywhere along the path, you have to win more than that. So if you lose anywhere, you're out? No, no, no. It's double elimination, but it's, it's just like a regional. There's okay. four teams in your bracket. And that's double elimination. So if you lose the first game, then you got to win more than five games to win the championship. But as long as you keep winning, three is the minimum that, uh, in, that'll well, get we, you to the regional. We need Hagen Smith in there again. I mean, that, that young man is he was a freshman. He's just wonderful. Yeah, yeah, sure was. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what the rest of the pitchers do and uh, if they can uh, pull one out. But I think we got a shot at this. Yeah, a lot of people do. Uh, I love you guys. I miss you. I'll talk with you soon. And, Kevin, I'm sorry I took up your time. Thank you, Woo Pig. Thanks, Woo Pig. You know, one thing we ought to say with Kevin on the line, he knows this. When you're talking about the ballpark in Omaha, it's the AAA ballpark for the Kansas City Royals. That's right. The Kansas City Royals Kauffman Stadium has more room in the outfield than any ballpark in the major leagues. Therefore, as they're bringing their players up, they don't want band boxes. They want – 
as you're going through their minor league system, they want a ballpark where you've got a cover ground in the outfield where it's not easy to hit home runs because the Royals, they hit some, but that's not what they're known for. They're not a big power-hitting team, and so that's why that ballpark is like it is. Yeah, and they that Royal, the Omaha Storm Chasers is the team. Yeah. They moved over to Werner Park uh, in 2011, and they also use Rose or the old Rosenblatt, oh, so and then they yeah, and they, they use, don't use uh, this park. Well, then I'm the, I'm totally off base. Then I thought that's where they played. They did they did use it until Warner Park was open, okay. and we had the privilege of playing over there. It looks a lot like Dickie Stevens does the way it's set up and everything. So I see. very nice ballpark if you ever get to go up there and see the Storm Chasers. I see. Okay, well that shows what I know. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Hagen Smith. It looks like, Kevin, he has found his niche, and that is coming out of the bullpen. Do you see this as a long-term situation or a short-term situation, though, for Hagen Smith? I think it's short-term because he has shown the ability that he can go deep into games into the seventh inning. They had to recalibrate him. They had to reset him. And at this point, you're counting outs, not innings. So if we go out there, Hagen, we need you to get three outs, not three innings. That's a little bit easier for a freshman to go out there and say, okay. And we were talking about this last week. He has slowed down his delivery. He's slowed everything down in terms of he used to go 90 miles an hour when he was a starter. Catch it, pitch, catch it, mm-hmm. pitch, get it, get rid of it as quick as, as he can. So now it's a little bit more delib- deliberate in the delivery and everything has just slowed down for him a little bit and i think that's what's great for him right now now moving forward to next year i think he moves back into the starting rotation and then you got brady tiger that they're going to look at as a starter as well uh with that hammer curveball he's got the sliders working of course the fastball they can run it up there uh you just got a lot of options and then uh we saw uh, incoming freshman gage wood last week he was up to 94 down in Hoover, he's got the potential to start next year. You got Jackson Wiggins, so uh, they're going to have plenty of options next year for that starting rotation. And I think Hagen Smith's going to be definitely be right up there. And then speaking of a guy who started off in that closer role, now in a starter's role, but is he better suited to go back to the closer role or back to the bullpen? That's Jackson Wiggins. It, it's always been funny asking Jackson what what would you rather do and recently I think he's been comfortable with coming in and relieving they haven't Mm -hmm. used him as a reliever yet but uh, they did I think in the Alabama game he had an inning in the third or something like that in the very last game of the regular season Uh, but you know I like him as a closer because he can gas it in there 97 to 100 and now you have to hit a slider now you have to hit a change up He's, he could be really effective in that role. So I think next year they're going to carve that role, a role out for him to where he can be the most effective. This year, early on, it was most effective as a starter, and he had some really good starts. He showed that progression in him as a pitcher. He's still really young as a pitcher. He's, you know, Hagen Smith, these guys, they, they took lessons and stuff. Jackson really only started getting into pitching, and getting serious about it four years ago. So he's still a toddler in terms of those uh, a lot of the things that go along with being a high-caliber pitcher. I think he may move back to the end next year, but like you said, the, depending on who the starting rotation is, if he's not one of them, I bet they move him to a closer. Wouldn't you rather have Jackson Wiggins at 100 miles an hour 
as you're talking about, for three outs as compared to 90%. That's what it seems like to me, trying to pace himself, knowing he's got to try to get more than three outs, whether it's six, nine, 12, whatever it may be. Right. I think I'd rather have 100% of that 100-mile-an-hour fastball for three outs than I would trying to stretch him out over maybe a four or five-inning stint. But that's, that's just it. me. Yeah, that's exactly right. I feel the same way about it. If you get 98 to 101 for three or four outs, go get it. Go get it. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you on Friday. Yes, that sir. is Kevin Bohannon, our baseball insider.